Capcom's Yoshinori Ono breaks the silence and has a bit of a Twitter heart-to-heart -heart with Street Fighter fans. Street Fighter V is a pretty decently balanced game at this point, but is it time to shake up the top tiers and give others a chance in the spotlight? Maybe with a Season 4.5 balance patch? And then finally, we put G under the microscope to see if this somewhat polarizing character is as good as America thinks, as bad as Japan thinks, or somewhere in the middle, on this episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. Perfect. All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Hey everyone, I am fighting off uh, sickness in my throat, so I'm sorry if I don't sound all that nice, but I'm here, and I love you, and let's get through this. Hey, he loves everyone. There we go. And we also have someone who does not love everyone. He actually hates <laughs> everyone, and that is Stephen Drinking Chavez. Greetings, people of Earth. I am here again. <laughs> yep. All right. So getting right into it here, uh, Capcom communicated again. Hey, you know, we're, we're going on like, you know, a couple weeks here where, you know, we had Matt Edwards, and then now Ono has actually jumped in and started to say some stuff. And uh, I'll get into this right away and say that... I've heard stories of Capcom Japan not being particularly aware of some of the things that are going on in the community. Like, you know, they kind of had their head in the sand a little bit. But this is one I kind of find hard to buy that they didn't know about, generally speaking. And so what happened here is that Capcom, uh, Ono went to Capcom USA and... And Capcom USA said, hey, look, the community is really pissed off that there's no content for the game, that you guys aren't doing anything, and you aren't talking about stuff. And I get that maybe... Capcom Japan didn't know the fervor uh, of the anger, like, you know, just uh, people really ticked off about that. But I don't buy that they didn't have any idea that that was going on. And man, I, yeah, you don't have to look far, even if you're Capcom Japan, to see that there, this is a big deal. And, and you can't have that level of disconnect, if you ask me. Just not with how you know prevalent they are in social media. A bunch of their members are there. So, Well, I, I feel like there's been a conversation about how Capcom Japan and Capcom USA have had a disconnect. That's been talked about plenty. And the idea that Capcom USA is a little more, what, forward-thinking or with the times than Capcom Japan, who might be a little more conservative in their way of doing things. And so when you have something like Street Fighter V that enters this all-new territory, you're going to have a problem with the more conservative approach. And I think that a lot of us have chalked it up to that. But all that as it may, you still have the fact that you are, if you're Capcom Japan, creating this product with a very specific intent and you are marketing it to your audience with a very specific intent of this, I'm going to support it and I, we're going to do this on a yearly basis. We're going to update it with um, with new characters. We're going to put new content in it constantly or, well, relatively constantly. And then, and then we've had a couple of years of experience to get an idea of what that means, how consistent that really is. It's like man, maybe about every two months or so, a big thing. And and so you, the Capcom Japan, as conservative as they might be, they're not so disconnected that they don't know what they're doing right now. How they, in 2016 or, or the end of 2015, basically set their community up to expect something and then hasn't really been you know fulfilling that ever since well at least not in recent times i should say yeah, yeah. i just want to jump in and mention that i just don't get why capcom japan like it seemingly took capcom usa to tell them this that's what i don't get like i can understand not knowing the gravity of it entirely not feeling it as much because you know most of 
a lot of the Street Fighter community is English speaking, right? And, and they're getting on and they're blowing up Twitters of like Michael Martin and Mama Dow and all those people. Um, but Ono is certainly no stranger to getting blown up on Twitter by the fans. And and that's just kind of the messaging around it was just a little bit like lacking there for me. But Stephen, you, you wanted to jump in. Yeah, I, this whole thing to me, I, I don't think that Capcom Japan was necessarily like out of the know, uh, at least like the higher ups and stuff. Like all the signs that I've seen so far, like over the years, it really makes me think that Capcom Japan is just really stuck in the past. Um, and so I think that it wasn't really a case of like they didn't understand or they didn't realize that people were pissed off. I think it was that they didn't really care that much. Um, and I think it's just they're stuck in that old school way of like, yeah, we don't have to tell you what we're doing with our games, you'll get it kind of when you get it. Uh, but all these other fighting game companies around them, video game developers, they're they're evolving with the times now. And so Capcom is har har getting left behind here. It's I think that's kind of what's going on here. And I think maybe it hit a crucial point now where we're in the you know fourth year of the game and now people are just really upset with everything. And now it's like, okay, maybe we should do something about this. Let's send Ono out there. He's a familiar face. Uh, people like him. Let's get him talking to Capcom USA and kind of bridging the gap between us and the fans. Yeah, I I will shout out again Capcom USA here for getting in their boss's ear, which takes some guts to do, and saying, hey, this needs to be done. Um, it, that's very much appreciated by the community. There are a number of things Capcom USA has worked on that I am not at liberty to say exactly, but I will say highly, highly, highly appreciated things that have happened with Street Fighter V uh, about the utmost uh appreciated things that you can find with the game in terms of the competitive community have have stemmed from Capcom USA. Um, so again, I, I just, I, I know that their office doesn't have a ton of pull and, and a lot of like how things are said and done with the game, but they're very assertive in what they can control and what they can help out there. And, and again, I just, I want to shout that team out there. Uh, Kim1234 is another member of their team out there. Uh, they've, they've got some really quality people. Um, so yeah, I, I, so getting into it a little bit more here, Ono specifically mentions that he sees that the community wants more news on the characters, which is kind of the first acknowledgement of like, hey, you know, people are upset about whatever, but he finally outright said characters. He misspelled it, but whatever. It's there. Um, and so I, I'm not going that this is going to be a luck and we're going to see, you know, new character news like right away, but he's going back to the R&D team, the research and development team to give them the feedback that he heard. Um so this could be good news, right? This could be like, hey, we're finally going to get something more. But it's like, wait, what were we even getting in the first place? We have no idea. Like, we have no idea what's going on for 2019. We don't know if it's going to mean like, hey, we're getting more news or more characters or more of anything. We have no idea what's going on. So I think it's good news. I'm pretty sure it's good news. But like, it's even kind of up for debate, like how good this is. It's just the fact Capcom communicated, communicated that I think exactly. we're happy about it. And, and I think that's very telling because uh, you see people comparing other developers and other practices to Capcom and Street Fighter V all the time. It gets super downvoted and people are tired of it because of how often it happens. But people are going to obviously take Mortal Kombat right now, which is coming out at the very beginning of its lifespan. It's not even out yet. So they're pulling out all the stops. Street Fighter V is now entering the fourth year. It's a completely different bag. Now, you could argue that if they were coming out at the same time or you could compare you know, NRS's strategies now to Capcom strategies back in 2016, that's fine. But that's not what's going on right now. What's going on right now is we're in uh, year four of Street Fighter V. We have a 
buttload of content. We have more than twice as many characters than we started with. We've learned a lot of lessons, and by we, I mean, you know, Capcom and the fans and such. Like, there's been a lot of adjustment, a whole other... Um, you know, arcade editions out. It's a whole other game. It doesn't need inherently more content. It's not like there's this big part of the game that's just missing, like there have been in the past. So realistically, it's all about expectation right now. And Ono reaching out, like what, what the expectation I feel like really is, is that people just want to hear what's up because they expect to hear something. And Ono didn't give us anything new, but he gave us a thing. It was just a tweet. It was just a thank you. It was just a I hear you. And more or less, it's seeming like the community, that's all we needed. Mm -hmm. We're happy playing with what's in front of us. And since, like, okay, we were kind of on a warpath since between uh, when Kage was released at the and um, two hours before uh, Capcom Cup ended, and we got the balance update, and then this whole like, well, what's next? Because there's no fight money and there's no season pass and all this stuff, um, and we've been on a war path like waiting, like Capcom, where is it? And every day that we don't get something, we get more and more angry. But now we've since like final round, it didn't happen, and we kind of went, well, we can either stop playing or we can just play with what we have and not expect anymore. And I think we as the the Street Fighter consumers kind of switched gears and now the expectation is just like yeah well when, when it comes it comes and that's fine and Yoshinori Ono coming out and saying hey I'm here I'm acknowledging you it's all good that was all we wanted and and we're good and like if people aren't really like super like where's Honda where's Rose they're just like yeah we'll just play yeah and I think something that people might have missed from the Ono tweets or maybe it kind of got overshadowed was um he said something pretty interesting in that, you know, he mentioned that he doesn't know when he's going to be able to see the World Warriors next, meaning he's probably not going to be at events anytime soon. Uh, but he specifically noted that, you know, when he does see everybody again, he's going to have something for us. And it's he gave the winky face and all of that stuff. So I think people should probably be tuned to, you know, Ono's Twitter and, you know, the next events coming up, because when he confirms that he's going to be there, we're probably getting an announcement there. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, something else I want to mention here is that Capcom is actually hiring a social media manager specifically for fighting games. If you looked at the LinkedIn post, you'll see fighting games mentioned, I think, three or four times on there. It's very clear what this position is for. Um, and they're finally addressing addressing the elephant in the room that, that John and I have spoken about numerous times here on the podcast. Like, hey, communicate with your fan base. They're hiring someone specifically to do this. Uh, that's a big deal. Um, the job listing is an associate, which is typically one step above above entry level at most corporations, that's fine. You know, bachelor's degree, all that kind of stuff. They're not getting an entry level employee. They're getting someone, you know, that, that should be a few steps up the ladder uh, and has a good idea of what they're doing. Well, wasn't this Michael Martin's job? I mean, I'm, I'm not certain on this, but I feel like that was, it was Michael Martin's job as the social media manager. He recently got promoted, so they're having someone step in um, and take that, which is all good and fine. But if that is the case, then I don't feel that this is going to lead to some new form of communication because there already was someone very much in this place. And Michael Martin wasn't silent. He tweeted a lot about stuff, but just not about most of the stuff that we wanted. It wasn't that avenue of communication that people were hoping for. So if that is true, then I don't necessarily see that, you know, when this new person gets hired, that we're all suddenly going to have communication like we've been expecting um, through at least this particular channel. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of off the top of my head if uh, Michael Martin is um, if he was just a social media manager at Capcom or if he was specifically supposed to be for fighting games. Uh, I'm trying to remember that right now off the top, uh, but I, I can't. But um, 
anyway, uh, I'll just say it, it does raise an interesting future that the, with Capcom mentioning it this often, you know, I, I do wonder about, you know, esports, future fighting games. Uh, it does make sense to hire someone for this stuff if you have future plans. Uh, maybe not so much if, you know, if they're doing general Capcom work. But again, it mentions fighting games a lot in there. I, I don't quite recall seeing that with Michael Martin's previous spot. But again, maybe I'm wrong. But, you know, it does this mean something more of, you know, Capcom's working more on fighting games, so how much life does Street Fighter Six have? You know, how soon are we going to see possibly a Marvel for our Street Fighter Six? And just something on that note that I found interesting is is Combo Fiend was at NCR, um, and I believe he lives in Northern California, so you know, and and works there at Marvel. Um, but he entered in Street Fighter V, uh, Guilty Gear, and Smash uh, Ultimate, which <laughs> I found interesting. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've never really known Peter as a Smash player. And it just kind of seems like maybe he's getting some experience with fighting games for some reason. And, I mean, obviously he loves fighting games. He's been playing it for a long time. But it's just kind of interesting we're seeing him show up more and more now. Uh, not a lot, but enough where it's like, hmm, like I wonder if he's, you know, keeping the skills relevant for some reason. But, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not too quick to jump on that. Like, there's definitely possibility there, I'm sure. But he's also a fighting game player in his free time. You know, at least he has been traditionally, which is where he started. And that was why it was so cool when he went and became part of the, the production company, you know, part of the team, because it was like one of us going over to give our input into the actual creation of a, of a game. Um, that said, though, I mean, I, I can't, I, that there's no evidence that's not the case, you know, what you're kind of getting at, the possibilities there. So that would be very cool, yeah. but I won't delve any further into that because <laughs> I have no way of uh, hammering it down. And just to follow up here with the Michael Martin stuff, I was able to look it up in the background. Um, he was a social media manager for esports. A little bit different than, you know, what the expectation would be for the fighting game side of stuff like Again, and, and I mean, I think he did a very fine job just on the esports side because, I mean, we knew when Capcom Fighter streams were coming up. You know, we knew when events were happening, all that kind of stuff. Um, that was all handled very, you know, very well. This one seems more on the development side. Like, I... I I'm looking through here to try to see, and, and they, they mentioned esports once, but they mentioned fighting games again like three or four times here. And it's very clear, and the esports stuff is kind of at the very bottom of the listing. Um, this is, to me, this is a very different position than what Michael Martin, let, let me take that back. It's a different position, maybe not very different. Uh, and maybe I'm getting my hopes up like I always do. And I'm like, yeah, they're finally going to do it. Oh, they're finally going to disappoint me again. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm hoping and I'm thinking it's, it's a possibility. But on the surface, the positions do look different to me. Yeah, and that's interesting too because with that and what Ono said about, you know, talking to the research and development team, it kind of seems like they're ramping up for maybe a potential big bang for Street Fighter V, like a big update or something later on, or maybe they're starting to lay the foundation for Street Fighter VI and they want to be, you know, properly prepared for this stuff when it comes up. Um, it's it's a pretty interesting thing to see kind of at the same time going on. And of course, the, uh, the tinfoil hats start coming out and we start speculating on stuff. But, you know, hey, it could be leading to something. Every time I picture you working or doing anything in my mind, you're wearing a tinfoil hat. It's pretty, all pretty accurate, yeah. I usually wear one. So, <laughs> All right, moving along. We have a potential Season 4.5 on the horizon, right? A uh, little history here to set this up. Uh, season 2.5 was initially planned for April of 2017, uh, but it actually ended up going live on May 31st of 2017 because of like, you know issues with uh, the CFN and all that kind of stuff back then. Um, the 3.5 balance patch was actually announced on April Fool's Day, uh, and Capcom had to say multiple times it wasn't a joke. There really was you know balance changes coming, and then we got it live on April 3rd, 2018. Uh, so history would indicate that 
we should be seeing a 4.5 edition of the game, right? And I hate to say this, you know, doing things differently covers every possible scenario we could think of with Street Fighter V. It's like, okay, you could throw everything out the window if you want to make that the catch-all, and it's a perfectly reasonable thing to say because doing things differently can mean anything. Uh, at the same time, there is some expectation here of, of getting a mid-season balance change type thing here usually in the springtime and i'm thinking it you know might come around april may uh just you know things are kind of pushed out a little bit this year in terms of timelines and all that uh i could see it coming so if we get one and i'm not saying we will but if we get one what are the characters that are jumping out to you guys that should be addressed either if they're too good too bad or too whatever like what is jumping out at you with the exception of g who we'll be getting into (laughs) at a later point in time uh but yes yeah it's uh for me honestly right now i think the game's in a pretty damn good spot i mean i'm enjoying playing it i'm enjoying watching it um short of a handful of the top tier characters that have been kind of dominant for a long time like if there is a 4.5 i don't really like i'm not really interested in seeing a huge you know balance overhaul again i think that the game is is kind of in a good spot right now the cbt is super exciting already and i think it's just going to get better from here um but I just think kind of maybe toning down a couple of things on the, you know, the problem children uh, at the top of the tier list might be a good bet. And even if they don't, I'm kind of like, okay, I can, I can live with it. I think. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I think that street fighter five is one of the most well-balanced fighting games that's ever existed. It, I was talking, you know, with the, with the group here, um, the water cooler chat, if you will. And we talked about it. There are a few others like Killer Instinct and Tekken 7 that are candidates to be even even more or even better balanced than SF5 is. But, I mean, it's still in a really good place. And I think the combination of we've had three years plus to get used to this is the way life is. And we're very much no longer in that shock of the water was Street Fighter 4 temperature and now all of a sudden it's Street Fighter 5 temperature and we're not used to it. Uh, that time has all but passed. I think. I think people that were that got out of the pool because they wanted Street Fighter Four are out of the pool. Those of us that are still here are pretty good with what is going on. And those pal- the like the the point five balance patches. Balance patches. Sorry guys, I have a sore throat. I can't talk today. <laughs> the point five balance patches have been, I think, out of an emergency situation more so than than planned i think that especially the first one with the robbery characters so you had like your laura and your balrog and urian and then there was plenty of other stuff going on in season two that really called for a 0.5 um that seemed to happen and, and i believe it happened earlier than april in in season two and then season three came along and we we're like well you did it last year and there were immediately issues with rashid cammy and abigail and sure enough, it came to fruition. But I remember last year during around this time, I think we wrote an article that was headlined along the lines of, if you're going to do a 0.5 balance patch, it better happen soon. Because the Pro Tour has already kicked off. It's already later than it was last year when you did your your 0.5. And here we are in Season 4. It's already later than it was last year, which was later than the <laughs> year previous for a 0.5. And I don't think that there is that community outcry. We don't have complaints about Rashid and Abigail and company like that. It's not to say that the game by any means perfect. Oh, but hold I think on, hold on, people... hold on. 
you're saying we don't have complaints about Rashid. Have you looked at my Twitter? Have you? <laughs> you seen my Twitter? Well, yeah, and, and I still don't enjoy fighting Rashid. I think there are plenty of things about the character. Um, I actually, my as we'll get into later, my biggest issue, if I have an issue, is is with G right now. Oh boy. And um, and that's not because I'm saying any of these characters are breaking the game or making the making it unplayable. Um, but there are maybe little things about them that if you were to you know, want to further soften the edge, smoothen the edges, dot the eyes, all that kind of stuff, you can. So if they had a balance patch, I'm sure there was more that they could do, but it's the way it seems like they're kind of ramping down or who knows what they're doing. I don't expect a whole other balance patch to come out because of all this complaint. And, and, and to more directly answer your question though, I don't think that I really want one. I'm, I'm pretty content with the way things are right now. If it continues this way, I'll be fine with it. I'm I'm acclimated to the water and enough changes have happened that meh, it's fine. Now maybe like I don't know Alex players or Vega players might not feel that same way because they're maybe so far down the tier list that they don't feel like they have a fighting chance, but I mean all in all I think that the there aren't going to be enough voices complaining out there to get Capcom to move. So unless they've planned a 0.5 balance patch which I don't expect that they have then I don't think we're going to see one, okay. nor do we really need one. So I'll take a different end of the spectrum here with my perspective and say that I think a huge problem in fighting games in general is top players are naturally going to flock to the top tiers to give them an edge, right? Uh, and if you de-incentivize them to just play a top tier, pick a top tier, um, because the field is quality two, you'll see a ton more variety, and that is very, very good for the game. And if you know that much about the game, if the game is in such a good spot, why not polish it up even further and get it that that far, right? Having DLC characters... Um, and some other fighters who just sit there and people don't do jack squat with them the entire time is not a good look for your game. It's not a good look for any game. And every fighting game's got that problem, right? I'm not just singling out Capcom here. That's a huge issue. Why not become one of the first fighting games to not have that as a gigantic problem in your title? And you look at characters like an Alex, like a Fong, uh, to some extent for Ryu, Jury, uh, Nash, uh, and you know Vega, and you kind of go down the list like Falk and Ed, and it's just like those characters have never had time to shine because you have a character like Rashid uh, and Akuma and Kami, and they take up so much of the spotlight. And if you encourage those top players to get out there and venture into unexplored territory you get really hyped things like gin winning evo are and again this is a little more hype for me and you guys were very familiar with her but rose winning evo that still came out of nowhere um you know she was always an okay character but they buffed her up quite a bit in ultra street fighter 4 and she became quite good she was probably a top 10 top 12 character somewhere around there uh and and even though people were upset about her winning there were still a lot of people very happy about it because they never got to really see the character at that level unless they went and specifically watch like Luffy play or like Filipino man or a few others who played her. Um, that adds hype. It adds drama. It adds something. It adds something beyond Rashid winning yet another tournament or, or you know, placing top in. And it's, it, let me, let me give you guys a stat here. Um, in the top eight uh, matchups at NCR 2019, there were 11 matches played, right? All, all together with the grand finals reset. Eight of those alleged 11 matches featured a Rashid or Akuma player. <laughs> Eight of them. 
And that gets boring seeing those characters up there. And again, I'm not saying they're huge problems and we need to knock them you know, completely off, but we've seen Rashida and Akuma for years now. We have seen these characters. We know exactly what they can do. And even if you knock them down a few levels, you're going to see people still play them and play them at a high level because they're that damn good. They don't need to be that damn good anymore. Like, make this a very special game and the fact that like your, your lower tier characters are even closer to those top tiers. And again, Capcom's done a pretty darn good job there, but take it up a notch. Like, don't, you don't have to settle for, okay, this is pretty good. You know, like, settle for excellent. Go for excellent, I should say. Yeah, I agree. And actually, Akuma and Rashid are the two problem children I had in mind for changes, if there were to be changes. Uh, and just, again, toning down some of the the crazier stuff. And I, I don't want to steal John's thunder here, but uh, I, I do agree with one of the big changes he wants is, uh, you know, Rashid's corner carry. It's it's ridiculous. It's it's too much, and and that's something that if they did a four point five, it's like tone that down. The character can fight. He has tools for everywhere on the screen at all times. He's got great offensive pressure. He doesn't need to corner carry you all the way to the corner with one combo. It's. I thought we weren't talking about G two. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm one to talk, right? But yeah, if if G was as good as Rashid, oof. but anyway, um, yeah, that's that's one of the things that I would do there. And with Akuma, probably I think hit stun on his air fireballs is maybe too long, right? now uh it's too good but again it's like if they don't change this stuff it's it's not the end of the world for me it's i i would like to see that stuff toned down but i'm also like if there's no 4.5 okay i could live with it you know i watched a pretty interesting video uh recently where it talked about how the tier lists evolve over time and how the mid tier has an effect on the top tier after a while because it's almost always the case that unless you have like a Meta Knight in Brawl situation where it's just not even almost playing the same game, mm -hmm. broken, um, someone in the mid-tier or a couple in the mid-tier might emerge as counters to the top tiers. And that really changes things up. And so I would maybe like to see something like Street Fighter V going in that direction a bit. Maybe Alex doesn't win a lot, but maybe he beats the hell out of Rashid with one little change that they could give him. Something like that. And all of a sudden, how interesting does that become? Because now all of a sudden, like your top players have a pocket Alex. You might not see it all the time, but it's going to come out sometimes. And there's more variety. There's more variety specifically in the latter matches of a tournament. And, um, and you're getting a little more acknowledgement. Even if you're not going to be a top tier, maybe you can be a hero in your own respect. I think we saw that a little bit with, uh, as, as much as I hate to bring it up, Elena in Street Fighter 4. She, she was a problem child as well, but she definitely was one of those, not the best character in the game, but you could have a pocket Elena to counter a lot of those top tiers. And that made things as, as boring and as healing filled as it was. It also made things interesting technically. So if you got that kind of treatment for Street Fighter 5, that might shake things up. So how would you achieve that? Well, I, I don't want you to just go how do we make Alex a Rashid counter that's too much and then you're just asking for trouble if you go that route but maybe giving those lower tier characters all just like one buff in the next patch like oh man maybe Alex is standing heavy kick recovers one or two frames faster maybe you know Zangief does this now maybe Vega does this now just something little see what it does for him just buff him up a little bit at a time and, and see what happens I think that's a safe route it, it gives acknowledgement to the lower tiers it doesn't Again, we, it doesn't sound like we really need to but, or to nerf the top tiers. It feels like, yeah, we could, and, and that would be okay. But if they didn't get nerfed, it'd be all right. And if we brought up the uh, the lower ones, I think that we're pretty close to having a, 
a pretty damn good game through and through in terms of, of balance here. So that would be my small movement in that direction, I think, is what I would do as far as tiers are concerned. Now, you, you just mentioned that that you feel like the top tiers aren't a problem, but do you still think Cammy's not a problem when she was a number one character at NCR again with eight people using her? Well, what do you mean not a problem? Well, I mean, again, you're saying not nerf the top tiers, so do we leave something like Cammy intact as is right now? Yeah, I think that she's a better character than a lot of others, but I don't think she's breaking the game and making it impossible. I think that, um, I mean, it, it is what it is right now, and that that's kind of been my theme in maybe the last month or so, maybe not quite that long, but that, yeah, it, it, there's, there's going to be a best, and that's fine, but they're not so the best that they're taking the fun out of the game, and the only real place that I see the fun kind of getting taken out of the game, outside of Rashid a little bit, is uh, is in G. Okay, so I, I, I remember a quote from Peter when he first got to Capcom, and he was talking about balancing Ultra Street Fighter 4, and he said, I want to take, so you we all know that, you know, like, Yun was, like, the best character in one of the seasons. I, th- I think he was talking about that season, and, and he said, you know, y- yeah, Yun is number one, or whatever, you know, and he's like, I want to take the game where, yeah, uh, Yun is still good, but you don't know who the number one character is. I don't want that anymore. I don't want that to happen, and, and from that, we got Ultra Street Fighter 4, and, and I think to this very day, there's a, a probably a good debate to happen, uh, like, what the number one character is in that game. I, I think the top five is probably maybe solidified, but I mean, you go, like, top 10, top 15, and you've got a lot of very good characters in that game that held up very well uh, for the time that game lasted. And yeah, I get it. There's always going to be a top tier. There's always going to be good characters. But but why have a character like in pro sports? They don't encourage dynasties usually at that level. Uh, they want people knocked down. They want parity in their leagues. They want everyone having a chance to win if they're well run, if they have a good organization, all that kind of stuff. That's usually the the standard that they try to achieve with that. And I don't see why you know that Cami is still a problem. She's still a problem. She's still too damn good. Uh, Brian F. talked about it. He was just like, how am I supposed to be to play Balrog in season three when he loses to every single top tier in this damn game. He's like, they have made my character completely irrelevant in this game. I'm still playing him because I love this character. Or, you know, uh, I think he said he's hard headed, right? It's too lazy to change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever reason it was. Uh, but you have characters like that, like Rashid, Kami, and Akuma, who obliterate some cast members at this level. And that is a big reason why those characters are irrelevant. And if you knock them down, it doesn't mean that they're still not good. It just means like, look, they're no longer big time problem characters and that encourages variety. You see, and again, it's not bad, but it's like, why not make it excellent if you could? Why not make it an Ultra Street Fighter 4 level type of balance where you have a ton of viable cast members who can all hold up and, and be excellent and, and make a great watchable game? Well, okay, I don't disagree with you because I would be overjoyed to hear that Rashid or Kuma or Kami or any of those guys were, were getting nerfs. Like, that'd be great because I'm an Akali player and yeah, I'll take that all day. Um, so just because I'm content doesn't mean I wouldn't be happy to see that. But playing devil's advocate a little bit, who do you see in, in top eights these days? you got Kami, Rashida, Kuma, sure. But you also have Ibuki, you have some Dictator, you have um, G, uh, quite a bit. There's still some Monopoly, not as yep, much. Yep. Karen's a big one. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're, we're starting to, like, you know, rifle off a handful of different uh, different characters here. But do you not feel like that top tier um, is, is varied enough? And, and this is a huge difference, is those characters, like, some of them have shined in the past, but it's been a while since they've shined again. Karen has not been particularly relevant for the top end since about 
about halfway through season two, right? I mean, she really dropped off from that point. Season one, she was all over the place. Well, I mean, but the now, most with, especially with Punk and Johnny, and, yeah. and we've been seeing plenty of Karen and Johnny. Action. So, yeah, Johnny didn't even four is what I'm talking about. sniff like the top 32, I think. He got knocked out like way before then. Uh, you've pretty much got Punk putting Karen back on the map almost single-handedly. You've got other people playing her. Uh, Justin Wong picked her up a little bit. Uh, ZJZ have picked her up a little bit. You're seeing, I think, a lot of Monot players kind of dabble with her now because it's like, uh, my characters sure. are kind of broken stupid anymore, but <laughs> Um, I might be able to say the same thing about Akuma because, like, you know, Tokido gets 25th at final round, and then, of course, he comes in, spoilers, wins NCR. But outside of him, I guess you have Haitani, who's always kind of been, like, a top 16er, and then if you see him in top 8 with Akuma, like, oh, well, Haitani's having a good weekend. But I, I feel like he's kind of, like, the one of the sole representatives of Akuma at the very top level on the like premier event Akuma status. is all over the place and our stats and other things like that you you don't have to look far to see Akuma played like a lot and, and that's been the case for pretty much I, I I think as soon as he got that health buff I, I I think he he's pretty much has has been at the very top of the game same thing with Rashid we have one of the reasons how come we dislike Rashid so much is we watch a lot of tournament footage here on event hubs you know obviously uh, we see Rashid so much I think we see him more than probably any other character in the game uh, over the last like probably three years or so or two years or somewhere around there um and, and that's one of the big reasons why and and again if you've had your time to shine people are going to still stay with you i think you know tokido is going to say you know with akuma unless akuma gets dropped down to like the very bottom of tears right um, sure. and, and that's kind of my point. Like, I'm fine with a character if they've disappeared for a little while uh, and now they're coming back again. You know, your Karen, your birdies and all that kind of stuff. My main thing is like, look, if you've been on top for the last two years, what the hell are you still doing up there? Why so, are we so not? Yeah, rotating? you were yeah. getting at that earlier a little bit. And sure, that's a that's a fine approach, especially if it's esports and you want to keep things interesting. We talked about uh, professional sports and how you don't really want these dynasties just going on forever. You want new blood and you want revolving winners and such. But that would require, I think, a significant more amount of attention and and like direct focus on that than Capcom has shown that they're going to be giving this game. Mm. You know, like. Maybe in the future, but that that's going to require some pretty heavy change of the, just their basic model and approach here, because it feels like they're usually doing other stuff or playing catch up or or you know working on new characters or not working on new characters or just swimming in their Scrooge McDuck of fight money that they've taken away from us. I don't know. Yeah, but it's but it's also worth not doing it's also that. worth pointing out that they've been silent since December and we haven't seen any major updates to the game at all and they're quote unquote doing things differently and they might be working on some big changes in the background that we don't know about and you know, come maybe an, another month or two, they reveal 4.5 and it has all these crazy changes that, you know, people are wanting to see. So it's it's also possible that they're working on this stuff too. I mean, I don't know. I mean, sure, sure. And that would be great. I'm super with you guys there. I want to see nerfs for Akuma. I'd love to see new top tiers. I like if this game gets turned on its head um, and it's not just like a goofy, you know, just mess and and like there's legitimate play but it's 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 other characters and capcom pulls that off hell yeah i'm, I'm all for it but i'm saying right now uh i'm not i'm not expecting it for christmas because i don't want to have a bad christmas <laughs> <laughs> should we expect anything from capcom for christmas i mean are we going to go to december and capcom cup and they're like oh here's street fighter 6 here you go it's coming out oh it's right now go ahead you can download it yeah it's just like what and you're like oh yeah you guys want launch content uh well here's a here's a beta game that you pay 60 bucks for <laughs> <laughs> it is, might work this might happen right i uh, 
I, I mean, again, I, I'm, 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 I'm requesting this, John. Damn it! I want to see it. I want to see it happen. I really. Yeah, you guys are talking with your hearts yeah. and your hopes, and I'm like, man, I'm way too jaded. It's been like three and a half years. I'm done doing that, man. Damn it! I'm, I'm a hopeless romantic. I'm hoping that they don't let me down this one time, and and they're gonna go there. But, but to move on just a little bit here, I, I want to do a quick like lightning round of characters and see how you guys feel about them overall uh, and where they're sure. at. So we've already kind of been over Karen, and do you guys pretty much agree that she can stay where she's at that's what we you know discussed before with going from season 3.5 to 4 uh we had this pot again and we're like yeah leave karen alone with where she's at right now yeah do you guys feel that way she feels like a skill showcase and that's amazing i think that she's a really good thing for the game not only is she fine she's a a a positive for the game so yeah leave her alone don't don't you touch her (laughs) yeah i agree i mean just seeing what punk is doing right now and everything and just playing this this heavy fundamentals game and and winning things and getting super you know placing super high it's i I think she's great right now and i think she's kind of um one of the types of characters that this game uh, really needs right now you know it's it's gotten a lot of flack over the years of just you know hey it's all rushed down and guessing and 50 50s blah blah and you have punk coming in here and doing these you know one hit hit confirms everywhere and it's it's amazing so i think she should stay the same all right now how about birdie birdie's one that i'm i'm keeping my eye on because you know watching him at ntr watching fudo hit these these huge combos with that v trigger too it's I'm not saying that he needs to be nerfed right now. Um, I'm just kind of like keeping my eye on him. Like I haven't, you know, dived deep into what he's all about and everything yet. I haven't played him myself, so I'm I can't, you know, I don't want to talk out of school here. But he seems damn good. Um, but I'm also okay with it right now. It's you know, it's again, it's bringing more variety to top eights and things like that. I don't see him as a huge problem yet, uh, but I'm kind of keeping a close eye on him right now. Yeah, if I complained about Birdie right now, after how much they've done to nerf the things that I've had issue with, the trap moves, the just do it's, and the the moves where you're supposed to be at a disadvantage, but he magically is at advantage, um, a lot of that has been taken care of. Maybe not all of it, but he's strong. But if I were to complain about a character being strong, that sounds much more like I just don't want to have to work hard, and I don't want to have to have a hard time fighting someone. I don't know. I have to think, and I'm I'm here to think. Like, and when I fight Birdie nowadays. I, I look forward to it. And when, when he pops up, I'm like, yeah, cool. Because I know I'm going to try to stand at this range and he can do this and he can't do this. And I feel that, again, the combination of being been able to acclimate to the Street Fighter V waters and Capcom's addressing of the, the real problems with the character have made him into just a fine, um, enjoyable to watch. I'm like, ooh, Fudo not playing Mika. That's great. I'd like to see some birdie. Let's see what he does here. All these V-Trigger 2 combos. I think the character is doing a lot of positives for the game right now. And I never thought you... Did you ever think you'd hear me say that about Birdie? Yeah, I, is it my evil twin that's here right now? And that's why I sound slightly different. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say that, again, overall, I'm very happy with the character. But the V-Trigger 2 damage that he has is a bit worrying at this moment in time. And just for what he gets for you know some of the, the stray hits and neutral and, you know, for that being safe and all that with, you know, the follow-up chains, it, it might be a little bit too much. Um, uh, it's It might just be a bit too much, but I, I'm not, like, highly concerned about the character. Again, if he has some time to shine again, um, I'm fine with that. It's it, He's generally a pretty well-designed character at this point in time. So, moving on, we have Abuki. Uh, this is a character who got some nerfs here uh, from Season 3.5 to 4. How do you guys feel she is right now? 
I think she's pretty good, honestly. Uh, I think she's one of those characters that she has some great mix-up potential and stuff, and it's uh, she's still getting results, and it's not a, you know, she's completely dropped off the map or anything like that. Um, there's some work that goes into playing her, but I think that there's also good reward there. Um, I'm, I'm good with where she's at, to be honest. I mean, I don't see any big changes that need to happen there. Yeah, again, another, she's strong. She can get the job done for sure. She's got some silly stuff, but it's amount of silly stuff that you expect, I think, that you want all the characters to have something, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's kind of a little goofy, not taking the fun out of it, but like, all right, she's got, she's in pretty good advantage if she can earn this situation. Yep. And she definitely has that with her V-Trigger too, amongst a few other things. Um, and, and then it, he's not everything, but you look at Fujimura, who's the you know the, the biggest Ibuki player out there. Shen's up there as well. And you look at the results here in Season uh, 4, and he's still up there, but Fujimura's had some rougher times. And man, how he was playing, at you know especially towards the end and the mid of Season season 3, he sometimes felt like it was just disgustingly unbeatable. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is um, his skill as a player. But some of it was just like, yeah, Ibuki has a lot of really good stuff. She Her conversion factor is just so over the top. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, I think that's a, that's a good single barometer to use. It's not everything. But with how Fujimura is performing with her, she's entertaining. She's fun to watch. Um, she's one of the best, but she's not breaking the game. So, yeah. Let it ride. Yeah, I, I think one of the big changes I've noticed here watching tournaments is with her V Trigger two that went from plus two on block to plus or to negative two. So now you can yeah. challenge it afterwards, and you're seeing a lot of Ibuki players who were just kind of. Uh, I mean, again, who doesn't throw out their V-Trigger as, like, hope this works and, and kind of go from there? That's pretty much every character in the game, unless you're Vega, who just sucks. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, you're seeing people challenge that afterwards now that she's activating, and she's not getting a free ride at that point. She's really having to think and calculate. She still gets a great mix-up on, you know, that the V-Trigger 2 coming back at people. And then also with her V-Skill, that went from negative 5 to negative 7. So you're seeing she can generally space it out pretty darn safe, but she can get blown up a little bit easier for it now are at least lose control of the round or, or lose control of momentum which is really huge here in, in Street Fighter V. And, and overall, I think those two changes have amounted to a much more solid character where she's less, you know, kind of able to just get away with whatever she wants to do when those two things are out there and more so like she's got to be more calculated with it and more thoughtful and I think we're seeing that in the results that you mentioned with Fujimura uh, I, I think it's reflecting very well on the character and I'm uh, once again very happy with where she's at um, yeah. so another character we, we've labeled as dumb before and I'm definitely not going to take him out of the dumb range here and, and we actually thought he might be you know maybe the top character in season 4 but that hasn't not really came out as the case so far he's definitely more popular you're seeing more people use him uh that is m bison uh this is a guy who's never reduced uh pr never produced results i should say uh really overall he's had some okay placements um obviously uh, uh problem x1 evo with him but he also had abigail as a backup character um but consistent results have never been his you know forte here so even though i'm not super keen on his gameplay design which is very you know buttony and like you've just got to hold a bunch of block strings and all that kind of stuff um I'm pretty much all right with him as a former main of the character. Uh, he's dumb, but I can deal with him. Uh, but you guys have played against him a lot. We've all had complaints about him. How do you feel? Bison is dumb. Nerf him out of the game. I want him out. <laughs> no, no. It's, um, you know, the more that I dive into this game and the more that I learn about the meta and everything like that, um, like Bison still has some pretty dumb stuff to him, but it's not as, you know, unbeatable as I used to think it was. Um, there's, a, I mean, there's still some characters you can give a real, you know, real hassle to, but 
I mean, again, like I said earlier about, you know, a potential 4.5, it's like if they don't change it, I'm okay with it. I mean, I can live with Bison being what he is, uh, you know, still dealing with v- V-Trigger 1 mix-ups, you know, in lag online is, is never going to be good. Um, but it's also like, yeah, I, I think there's more that we can kind of study here and learn how to beat these characters and, and you know, kind of move forward from there. I think he's, he's pretty good right now. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't really change too much from him. Yeah, I don't like fighting bison, but I think that like it's not as it's not enjoyable to me when a bison pops up. It's not like the worst thing in the world either. So it's doesn't he doesn't pop up on my radar as a huge problem. He's just maybe a little uncomfortable, if that makes sense. But I will say that with the rise of V Trigger Two, and I'm seeing that a lot more often than I'm seeing V Trigger One now. That might just be my experiences, but it feels like especially since we're seeing that a, a lot with Problem X. I don't even remember the last time I saw him use V Trigger One. Um, I like that V-Trigger, not because it's, uh, just because I think it's a, a better addition to the game than V-Trigger 1 is. I still take pretty big issue with 1, but I haven't had to deal with it, which is probably why I'm not, I'm just kind of annoyed but not hateful of Bison right now. But it's, it's like V-Trigger 2 is, it gives him a boost, it gives him a buff, it, it, it allows for him to, to dole out some great damage and get into some advantageous situations, and that's good, that's what you want out of a V-Trigger, but I still find myself effectively countering it when I call it out, and, you know, because there's a command grab aspect to it, and if you're, if you're reading that, then you're going to, you know, punish the crap out of them, and so it has a back and forth to it that I feel is much more um, efficiently designed than V-Trigger 1 is. And I think that's a huge part. We're seeing a lot more V-Trigger 2. I think that's why the character feels so much more digestible. And apparently for Bison players as well, because if V-Trigger 1 was free wins, and I'm not saying it's necessarily free wins, then they'd just be picking that. But they're playing V-Trigger 2, and there's got to be a reason for it. There's, there's so a very good reason a... for it, and I think it's something that uh, Catalyst and I uh, know very well. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just the, the two-bar V-Triggers are... Um, they add a lot more to your game plan. They add, they spread your game plan out a lot more. And they give you more defensive options. Uh, and then there's the unfamiliarity aspect to them. I wrote an article for the website about it. But there's uh, a very big difference in these powerful three-bar V-triggers that are very much a kind of a Hail Mary towards the end of the, the round where it's like these are really strong, but... If they get shut down, that's kind of it. It's over. Whereas, you know, you have your two-bar V-Triggers that spread that gameplay out throughout the rest of the round. So you can use V-Reversals. You get it sooner. The threat becomes, you know, the threat comes into play a lot quicker. And there's a lot more to them there where, again, you look at those V-Triggers side by side. And it's like, oh, well, obviously V-Trigger 1 is stronger than V-Trigger 2, right? The three-bar is better than the two-bar because of all this crazy stuff it can do. But once you kind of dive into those two-bar V-Triggers, you start feeling more of the effects of them and how they can threaten earlier, how you can use V-reversals. And like I said, it kind of makes things spread out a little bit more in terms of your control of the game itself. And I think that's what a lot of, you know, higher level players are kind of looking for right now because the game is is getting a lot less random at the top levels of play. So now you're looking more for the strategies that are longer term versus just your explosion at the end of the round. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sick. The idea of balancing um, two, well, thinking that much and considering what a three bar V trigger inherently gives you versus what a two bar inherently gives you. And then there's, of course, more nuance to it after that when you break it down character to character. But 
choosing to go with the two over the three for the more of the reasons, the broader reasons that you just laid out is also a good look for the game mm-hmm. right now. I really like that because it's just one more uh, level of sophistication that we're adding to this whole process. Yep. Yeah, it, you look at a game like Street Fighter V where it's very easy to lose in this game. You can get pieced out so quickly um, through a dizzy or some other thing. And with a three-bar V-trigger, you're getting near the very end of your lifespan before you can even pop that sucker. It, with Most characters don't have a great V-skill. Nikali not included in that, but most characters <laughs> do not have that ability to basically you know, charge it up there and have something going for them. So you take someone like a Monat or a Bison and you give them the three-bar V-trigger and they're at the very end of their life and they might be dead and never even get really a chance to even activate it or do much with it uh, because they just got pieced out. And, and that is rarely the case with a two-bar V-trigger. Uh, as Steven mentioned, you can get some you know V-reversals in there. You can do some other stuff to kind of get that going. Um, pretty rare case there. And again, uh, that that classic feeling of oh great you know the opponent blocked like the two or three mix-ups i got with my you know three bar v trigger i'm dead and i'm just completely dead i have no chance of coming back and it, it just again as you mentioned redistributes that whole flow of the matchup instead of everything happening at the end it's much more evenly distributed and it's really quite nice and again i I've, I've advocated for you know v trigger two or two bar v triggers for a long time and we're starting to see them become vogue with bison and with birdie and a few other you know characters here um don't look past those they really do even out the game for a lot of characters uh poor nicali he does not have that choice or option for it yeah, uh, but thing, with, right <laughs> yeah uh, but with a bunch of other characters that very much is a thing but uh but yeah all right so we're gonna go ahead and get into it now we're going to take off the giant top hat and g's shining head is underneath there and we are seeing a lot of people play this character now uh very notably here at the uh, norcal regionals we had smug get uh, fifth place we had it run strider get ninth place with g uh we're seeing other people use him as well well at final round uh knuckle do actually had a g he busted him out lpn is playing g as he's known to do uh dank has got him k brad of all players is playing G as well. Uh, this is not a character that is uncommon anymore. You really didn't see him a lot in the previous season. You are starting to see him quite a bit now. Um, and obviously that would speak to the character being at least fairly good. Uh, Japan may disagree with that. Uh, <laughs> it is on apparently said after, uh, I believe it was either, uh, it one strider. I think it was it one strider like bopped him again. He's like, yeah, uh, G is probably pretty good. I think we're wrong about that character. It's like, yeah, <laughs> if your opinion is not that G is at least a, a competent and pretty solid character, I can pretty much assure you, you are wrong. Um, but the question comes down to how good is he? How hard does he have to work to get that stuff? And essentially, again, is he a dumb character? And uh, we have to give this to Steven here because he is a G main. Uh, he plays the character very actively. Um, and so what do you think of that statement? Yeah, uh, just when you said, how hard do you have to work to get wins with that character? I just kind of tensed up like ugh, I let out a sigh because there's a lot to this character that people don't realize. And it's just you see clips on social media where you know, you'll see a G player pop V trigger one, he gets a few combos, pushes to the corner and everything's all over. And then it's like, oh, he's broken an OP. And it's like, dude, if you play the character, it's just one of those things that you'll never understand until you get in there and actually try to play him. Uh, on the subject of people playing him a lot now, the two most prominent G players being Smug and Gustavo, uh, 801 Strider, they've been playing him for a good while now, uh, since before season four, they've been putting in work and now they're doing really well with him. Uh, And not to discredit those other guys, I'm just saying that the two most prominent ones have been putting in a lot of time with that character. And that's really what it boils down to with him. There's a ton of stuff to learn. There's a ton 
to keep in mind when you're playing him, all these different matchups, adjustments, it's... There is a ton for this character. And when I switched over to him from Abigail... Wait, he has adjustments that he has to make? And he has matchups? Yes, he definitely does, obviously, oh. yeah. Yeah, which is very different than just, you know, corner control and then, you know, hitting normals and stopping jumps and stuff like in Kali. Okay. But anyway... See, yeah, you guys can hear the salt there for John. So, John, go ahead, jump in. No, go, yeah, go for ahead. it, because this is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, let me preface this by saying something that I said a little bit earlier in that I think that Street Fighter Five. Where it is right now, if it didn't have any more changes, I wouldn't have major issue with it. I'd be okay. I would still play it. Fine. Whatever. I can take it as is. If we were going to continue to smoothen out the edges, G would be the place I'd probably start. Because I feel like it's not that he's necessarily the best character in the game. Nothing like that. But I feel that with his design, like the combination of the way he can convert, carry you to the corner lop off damage and then kind of go into a uh, an oki right after that is uh, the, the way he's rewarded and and how much reward he gets i guess ultimately it's back to the he gets too much reward for not enough risk and i don't doubt that there's a thoughtful process to it all but i don't think that disqualifies the fact that it's there i mean there's a thoughtful process to a lot of characters i think akuma is he requires a lot of precision and technicality and awareness, and you have to do the right combo in the right situation and side switch and whatnot. But if you put all those tools together efficiently, he is an absolute beast. And um, and I think that like the expectation of, yeah, well, if you're going to play Akuma, this is talking about highest level and, and realizing the character's potential and using their strengths. So sure, it might be a little bit harder than average to pull off what G is, is capable of, um, I'm not certain that that's the case. Uh, I mean, because I haven't played him myself. And, and in looking at him, I'm like, yeah, well, it's it's somewhat technical, I can see, especially having to juggle what level he's at and, and, and things along those lines. But man, the stuff that he has at his disposal, his footsies, his anti-air, and then his conversion factor into the damage and the corner carry and the oki is just... I, I Ultimately, if I were going to put it into... Um, like a more condensed sentence, I would just say that if you took a slider and you had the offense and defense of a character, his slider is just too far off in the offensive department, making the character a little unbalanced. And it makes it, it encourages players to do that whole, well, just do it. Just hope for this move to work out. Um, and you don't even have to, though. That's the thing. So it's like on a lower level with with like scrubbier online g's you're gonna get just like here comes the rush punch because of course even though it's very punishable and at that level you go yeah just get good and block the rush punch if you know it's coming just down back a little more than you would normally and then punish the crap out of him for it because he doesn't have great defense at all he doesn't have a three frame nor any wake up invincible reversal but um he gets to the point where there's just so much reward for things that he can kind of just toss out there and things that he can kind of toss out there and get hit by for, for doing. But there's also stuff that he can make very safe just because of Street Fighter V spacing and blocks done and things along those lines. And I've found that in my experiences, there have been a ton of times in recent months where that character, around with that character leads to, man, that really sucked. He just kind of did that. It worked out because his orb is just massive or because the flip kick has this, you know, spacing on it and, and its hitbox is kind of ridiculous and then he got all of that for randomly guessing this you know one flip kick move in the middle of everything and i feel like it was not very earned and when you leave a match feeling like your opponent beat you but didn't earn it 
that's when you start to feel this way. Yeah, I'm just going to jump in here and say, um, in terms of earning stuff with G, yeah, you definitely earn stuff. It's, it's, I know, like I said, it seems like, you know, he pops V trigger one, he goes ham, he wins, it's not earned. But your high level G players, they're not just throwing stuff out, just doing it. It's, there's a lot going on there. And obviously, low rush punch is a good thing. And I will say, short of EX low rush into V trigger one activation, that's probably the biggest. YOLO thing that he has, which I actually believe should be nerfed after talking to John about it. I, I do agree with that. Um, but it's like, there's so much going on there. And you mentioned about him getting his his damage and his offense and, and having still having Oki. Um, Mid-screen, or uh, you know, anywhere that's not the corner, um, G basically has two different ways that he wants to play the game. Two things he has to choose between. He chooses between leveling up and getting powered up and letting the opponent, uh, creating some distance between him and the opponent, or he chooses the other option of uh, foregoing the level up and continuing his pressure. And which, in which case he stays, you know, obviously you're probably going to be level one. You're not that powered up. You can get some good stuff going, but it's definitely not as scary as any of the other ones. And he doesn't do as much damage there. And so that's kind of the, the trade-off there. And so you have, you know, you're seeing more and more of these G players doing that where they're they're not going for the power-up. Instead, they're just trying to keep the pressure and corner you. Uh, and then in the corner, he has control that's... I mean, Steve, hmm? let me jump in here real quick sure. and just kind of to boil this down a little bit for our listeners. Um, Steven is our execution guy on staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does combo videos, all that kind of stuff. He generally plays pretty intense execution wise characters. Yes. Um, uh, where do you put G in terms of technical ability and know how and knowledge that you need to have to play the character at a competent level? Where, where would you put him at? Yeah, we've talked about this in the past, and it's um, I'd say he's definitely in the top three of the most technical characters in the game. Uh, and I will explain that because, again, it seems like he's just, whatever, do whatever you want, and he wins. But G has a different combo and a different setup and different things for every level and every different place on screen. So if you're doing something in the corner where you're trying to do something that's a level two combo and you do it in level one, you're going to drop it. And you need to be cognizant of all of this stuff all the time and know your spacing know where you're at and know which you know combo you need to do at that specific moment or else you're going to open yourself up the opponent gets offensive pressure and now you're kind of screwed and you see top level g players dropping stuff in the corner dropping stuff everywhere because it's like you have to keep you know, an eye on this stuff all the time you have to remember okay this is the sequence i need to do in level one here in the corner or you know this works this doesn't work in level three but it works in level two so gotta remember to do this and it it kind of you know it trips you up eventually and and you have to practice all this stuff all the time yeah it, it yeah eight oh one. but you also and- see diamond ranked rashids pulling off these combos you know just fine uh, as well so yeah i don't know if you can make diamond an argument ranked that he's players. like he's too hard to play so it's okay yeah diamond ranked rashid players don't have to worry about when they get knocked down they lose their tornado toss or anything like that they don't worry about losing their stuff they can kind of keep doing it and i'm not i'm not saying or, i'm sorry i'm not to say diamond ranked g oh. players i oh. sometimes oh I yeah, yeah. rashid's yeah. a whole different yeah, style. Yeah, like, yeah, she doesn't a... even have combos like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay but yeah <laughs> 
and, and the thing about that, and that's one thing that I, I think Stephen and I are very much in agreement with, is that his V Trigger One definitely needs some tweaks. Mm-hmm. V Trigger One does remove. I mean, it, it boosts you up to the full three level of presidentiality yeah. or whatever they like to call it. You know, and, and your combos there are always consistent, pretty much, yeah. unless like I guess your meter's running out. You know, at that point in time, you might have to juggle something, but you can do the same combos over and over again. Um, but we look at people like Smug and Eight Hundred One Strider, who are very well known for their execution. Uh, Smug, in particular, is known as one of the best execution people around. And you will see him drop stuff with with uh, G, especially if you know what to look for. Mm-hmm. And then also, you will see him not even go for certain combos yep. because he's like, "Oh crap! Like my spacing's off. This is not good. I'm not even going to try it." Um, and again, I I don't know how many people have better execution than Smug in the fighting game community, but they are few and far between. Uh, and, and I've again, I it shocked me to see him not even go for certain combos that I knew he could do. And he's just like, "Nah, that's all. That's all right. I don't want to die. I don't want to die because I have uh, among the worst defense in the game." Yep. Exactly. Well, I mean, I, I guess I don't I don't think that you're lying or anything like that. But if, if you have that as an example, I feel like you'd kind of have to, you know, illustrate what that is specifically, like the situation where that happened. Because, I mean, I guess I could equally ask, has did he pull off those combos at any point while you were watching him during, you know, final round or NCR? Yes. Yeah, he did. Uh, it just it kind of depended on the situation. And I think he felt like the spacing was too tight, tight to go for it. And he knew that if he dropped it, it would be a huge punishment for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, again, I think speaks to I'm not saying like, oh, man, you know, he's like the most execution heavy character who's ever existed or anything like that. I personally have him on my top three uh, goes Manat, Zeku and then G. Um, I, I can see the very detailed and intricate levels that are required required to play this character at a high level you can do basic stuff on a v trigger one i totally agree with that yeah that's a hundred percent a issue in this game and it's something i want to see tweaked but to to play him at this high level um, but anyway you were about to jump in well what about like karen's combos not only is is she very um, precise in how she has to do her one hit confirms but also i've been exploring the character just because i wanted to practice one hit confirms and then figure out well where does it go from here and so i was sitting down with a friend that plays her and the different, like based on, well, how much meter do you have and are, do you want spacing versus do you want damage versus are you in the corner versus how much stun? Like she has like a different combo mm-hmm. for all, each one of those kinds yes. of things. And and I think that she's very much up there too. And Karen's been around for a long time. Well, let me We've jump in a there. a lot of people. Yeah, let me jump in and say actually both Steven and I played Karen back in the beta and both of us thought she was a highly technical character. She is. So we agree with yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Well, when Steven was playing Karen, I remember having a conversation about how he made an argument for her being the most technical character in the game. And then when he was playing Urien, we had a conversation about he might be the most technical. And when we when he was playing Abigail, we had conversations about how he might I be the most technical be the because most of technical. how hard it was. I did say it was hard. Yes, but, because yeah. it was hard, like combo heavy execution and, and such, and how there's a lot more to him. But I feel like we've had this kind of conversation with every character that Steven's played so yeah, far. Yeah, and I do gravitate towards the technical characters. And to clarify on the Abigail, stuff i said the struggle to get in is a lot more difficult than people realize and i also said that he had probably the tightest link for one of his combos in the game which was true uh and so yeah with the uh the input delay uh, reduction that got easier and all of that but that was something that i definitely pioneered there but so, so all of these characters are very technical in nature. Let's, let's jump but in. Hold we're on. Still let me, seeing them let me being jump in prominent. and say that, like Karen, like back when we were talking about being the most technical character in the game, she was like one of the only characters in yes. the game that was technical. It was sure, back then. It's doubled since yeah, then. More than doubled the roster. It, it, I mean, it's very small. And then if you look at a character like Urian, his V trigger one setups. When you really get those going, like you see the stuff that Nemo does and Dogura uh, did. He plays Bison now. Uh oh. But anyway, um, <laughs> you, when you see the stuff that they're doing, he actually gets to a very 
technical level. The problem with Urian is to do the scrubby stuff with them, like the dash jump mix-ups and all that, it doesn't take much. And that's like what the character gets hung up on a lot. Um, and so I, I just wanted to address those, you know, two things that without, you know, I didn't want to to just sit there and like not address them at all yeah so. because the- yeah and and he also had like cool headbutt loops that took a lot of spacing mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and, and timing and, and combo execution so and my point is not to say that g isn't technical i think that he is and and like again it depends on what level of presidentiality he's at that to what kind of combo he's going to do um you have to choose between am i going to use this knockdown to level up versus mm-hmm. am i going to use it just for damage and corner carry there he's certainly juggling stuff there but my point is there are a lot of characters that have similar th- struggles or, or similar um, uh, obstacles in front of them in terms of technicality, and they get by just fine, and they have been getting by just fine, and there are a lot of people that do play them, and in similar to how you just articulated the way that Urian works, where, yes, there's some really technical stuff about him, but there's also some lower-level stuff, like just sitting there mm-hmm. hitting like heavy punch, you know, where, where scrubs can go and do that too, and it's not that hard to figure out one or two Aegis mix-ups where you just, you know, shoulder tackle into Aegis and then la-di-da I, I feel like G falls in that same category. You know, I, I mean, I, I think um, Stephen and I both agree with you, John. Like, I mean, that's one of the things we've said kind of over and over again that that the V trigger one is is really bad. It's it's it maybe really bad as a it's but it's not good. It's very much like out of alignment with what we kind of believe the character should not have. And and like I'll give a quick example here. His low rush punch is on V trigger one activation. It's plus four on block, yeah. and that is a a low rush that goes. Not full screen, but really far. And so you've got to block your feet. And even if it doesn't hit, he's got a huge advantage on you at plus four. That's gigantic. Um, if he, they, that just happened on his, you know, um, his stand dash move, like the one where he doesn't, you know, punch at your feet, he'd be plus 10, which is fine because that's like in line with a lot of other characters. Like you have a Balrog, you have a Nikali, you know, they can, they can run at you or do something and activate and they're going to be plus. That's normal. What's not normal is to hit in your damn feet, like out of nowhere. And, and that's a low. yeah, and, and then. Then he gets a full-on hit confirm that takes you all the way into the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, that is really dumb and really brainless, and I think that's where a big core part of the issue comes with G. Um, also, he has a V skill on V Trigger One that is uh, it has a hitbox the size of the Earth. Yep. Now he's the president of the Earth. I get this, <laughs> but that does not mean his V skill should be that size when he activates that. That is freaking ridiculous and it leads to some really serious mix-ups and and it's almost so impossible to avoid that's horrible you should not have that in the game right go ahead john well you can't jump over it most times and even if you clear it like well good luck he's gonna anti-ear by by that point he he basically shuts you down with it and that's one of the that's probably the most um egregious example of this but when you when you boil it down to uh, other parts of G's gameplay that aren't necessarily in V Trigger One, mm-hmm. you look at like what he has in the neutral. If you're a if you're a, like a smart, calculated player, you're probably using his standing short, which is four it's, frames, it's but frames, it reaches. Actually. He's like a tall, it's, lanky yeah, character. Yeah, it's five frames. I checked it out before. Standing mm-hmm. short is five yes. framers. Okay. Yeah, and, and but that is uh, what is it on hit? It's plus four, and that translates to like. Um, his other shorts, you know, his other uh, quick moves. So he can combo those things uh, either on one hit, just buffering it. But if he catches you with one, he can just do two jab, confirm into the business. And keep in mind that the business is he goes into a rush, which takes you all the way or most of the way to the corner, lopping off a good, you know, two to three hundred life. If you tack on, if, he, if he's got uh, critical art in there, that's a whole other story. And it's like half of your life because it's 500. But that's not 
crazy in Street Fighter V, that kind of stuff happens. But he's able to control the space in front of him very well just with his normals. Um, then he's also able to control the space in front of him with his fireballs. His anti-air game, if you jump in at him and he's ready for it, he's either going to get you with back heavy or crouching heavy, both of which, or is it, okay, one of them leads into the flip kick into back rush heavy. punch into back the heavy. same mm-hmm. situation, the business mm-hmm. as we're calling it. Um, yeah, but they're both very effective. Um, and then what's more, so so like that kind of spaces you into a certain range where you kind of have to, to fight against G. Now, obviously, everybody wants to be up in his face because he's got fairly poor defense, but you're, I mean, it's, it's the fight is to get there, and most of the time you're going to be hanging out, um, you know, spaced away from him. He can do his flip kick, and his flip kick is interesting in a similar way that Urien's standing heavy punch is interesting. Urien's standing heavy punch and, and a few other moves, like Ibuki, um, her V skill, they'll move the character back first. And when you're, you know, in footsies, even that small of a, of a movement can be huge as someone extends to come in and, and try to hit you. You move away for just a split second and then come forward with a hard hitting move. G does that. Um, he doesn't necessarily move backwards, but he kind of like thins up before he, as he winds up into that uh, flip kick. It's minus five, but he can pretty easily space it so that it hits far enough away where your your character is not able to reach him with a five frame move fast enough so it kind of becomes one of those just do it trap moves um but if you try to extend at him and he clips you with that it's into the business if you tried to throw a fireball um if he uses ex there or if he's leveled up the regular one doesn't go through fireballs but if he's leveled up um or uses ex it's into the business and so many times you'll see g players just kind of toss this out because of all those other threats that you're juggling willy-nilly and it'll work out when it doesn't seem like it was done with intent it was done with this will this will probably work and it probably won't hurt so i'm just going to do it and so that's where it comes down to he's encouraged as a player or as a character he encourages players to kind of just toss moves like that out and then they get super reward anytime he clips you with anything from a short to a medium to, uh, you know, obviously he's got a command grab too, or this flip kick. It's like everything converts into the business. And it just um, feels like that's not a very fun game to play against. Steven, can you, can you tell um, uh, John what G gets off of a level one flip kick in, in most circumstances? Uh, probably a light confirm, standing light kick into a regular low rush or an EX if he can, if he has the meter. That's that's pretty mm-hmm. much it. So And, and the, the big thing about all this here is that the two of the biggest issues that people have with g are his low rush being safe you know at certain ranges and flip kick being safe at certain ranges and if you're hanging out at a range where those are safe you're letting g throw those things out and that's why he's throwing them out at you because you're at a range where you're letting him do his most effective stuff he's going to start approaching you he's going to start trying to apply pressure if you press him and you go forward you're cutting off those safe tactics and those things that are supposedly just throw them out and g players aren't going to just randomly throw stuff out at those ranges for the most part unless it's ex low rush and he has v trigger one but you cut him off by moving forward on him and the thing about g is he does have the ability to control space but he's a lot more of a counter fighter in that if you're playing against, you know, playing G against a rushdown character, most of the time he's trying to fight around you. He's not trying to, you know, go in on you and this and that. He's trying to get you to throw something out there. No, he wants you to overextend. Exactly. He wants you to jump at the wrong time. He wants you to walk into a move. So that exactly. And and one of the things that actually John has started doing against me as Manat is he walks forward on me and it shuts down a lot of my options because I'm sitting there and dealing with Manat's normals and I'm trying to 
constantly push him back and you know not get cornered but in doing that i'm trying to back up and create space and then i'm cornering myself so i can't throw out those random low rushes i can't throw out those random flip kicks i ain't giving you space you asshole i'm going in on you right exactly and that's (laughs) how you play him Mm -hmm. A true story. I watched 801 Strider and Smug do flip kicks uh, at NCR. And I texted Steven. I'm like, because we play all the time. Like, mm-hmm. this is uh, Steven's my main training partner. We play a lot. Um, and I, I texted him, like, dude, why don't you do flip kicks? He's like, he's like, you need to die. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, you're always walking forward on me and cutting off the space so yep. I can't do flip kicks. He's like, you just shut it down. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I did that. He's like, yeah. He's like, you know, go die in, go yep. die in hell. I don't care. And it's the go same thing with, yeah. with low rush too you're like why don't you do random low rushes on me i'm like i try when i have space but you're always walking forward and hitting jab or standing medium punch and and that's the thing it's it's it takes some lab work to understand how to beat this character but there are definite counters there even to v trigger one you know there's there's counters there there are gaps there that that exist that you can shut down a lot of his supposedly safe pressure things like that obviously it's still great on confirms and gets damage and cor- corner carry but there are things there that exist that people need to dive into, I feel like. And you look at, you know, uh, Smug fighting John Takeuchi at, um, at NCR in top eight. And, you know, Smug got some opportunities to throw out V-Trigger 1 and start getting stuff going. But John shut him down. He knew counters to it. And mm-hmm. it was very much what we talked about with, you know, three bars versus two bar V-Triggers. Smug kind of had that explosion at the end. He didn't want to commit to any V-reversals because he knew I need that explosive power at the end. And it didn't turn out well for him. He ended up losing because he had that one chance. John knew the counters. Good games. It was over. And that's kind of what I'm getting at with this stuff here. It's like, on the surface, yes, G looks ridiculous and he can control space and blah, blah, blah. But there's a lot of intricate stuff to this character that people don't realize because you just have to lab it and figure out what it is. And there's there's definite counters. And. I agree with that. And again, I don't think that he's necessarily the best character in the game. I don't even think he's breaking the game. Um, and, and it makes total sense that if you have something that's kind of uh, like uncomfortable, I guess I would say, uh, like the, the flip kicks or like the low rush punch that you're seeing people abuse a lot and then get more um, get more use out of than you think they quote unquote should be getting like because they're not using it with intent as much as they are just I hope this works but you you see that and you go okay fair enough if you if you leave that alone long enough there's probably going to be some adaptations that are that are just naturally discovered because out of a, a sense of necessity and that's a good thing and and I don't disagree that there probably are answers to it you know when I first played G it's like I didn't know how I didn't look at the frame data and such and so I didn't even know if I was able to punish on his high versus his low and how negative those were and how far out and and all those things you look at the frame data and it's made my life a lot easier in that matchup since day one my problem is though is that there are these moves that that are basically are encouraging people to just toss them out and they're taking away from the the back and forth i believe that you can play g with with a lot of um, smart intent and and ultimately have a good showing of two minds going back and forth in Street Fighter Five using that as a as a medium or a catalyst to figure out who's more skilled right now. You know who made who who solved the puzzle faster. I don't think like he removes that aspect of the game entirely, which is why I'm okay with it staying as it is right now. But I do think that he has those moves that encourage play that doesn't result in that kind of an answer, and that's where I take issue with him. So it's like, are is there a counter to him? Yes, 
But the fact that they're, they exist in the way they do right now is just a little bit of a bad look. Again, I'm like, I, we don't need an emergency patch for them, but if you want to make the game a little bit better, I would change that. And that and probably means give him something else that's that's more balanced and, and, and that helps him out in a different avenue because you don't want to just nerf him into the ground or something like that. But when the things that are really working for him are the things that people can just abuse like that without thinking, then it's just not a good Yeah, and, and I'll just say that you mentioned that you can play, you know, you're sure that you can play G in an intellectual way that has a lot of, you know, uh, that's very much a planning things out and all of that. And I will correct you in saying that you have to play him that way at a high level. Smug and Gustavo are not playing that character. YOLO, whatever, I'm just going to do what I want, throwing these moves out. All of that stuff is very, very intentional, very thought out because, again, that character is very much a, if you slip up once, the game is probably over. And I think you've seen that a lot with you and I when we play and you're playing Nikali and I throw a fireball that maybe wasn't timed right or spaced wrong, you jump in, you get a combo, I'm in the corner, and then I'm holding down back for 30 seconds praying. And that's kind of what the character well, most is. Most of the time, those interactions wind up Get going like leading to yeah I get the damage I get the corner but I end up taking a standing medium kick as soon as I press myself out um, sometimes they, they end up in death but a lot of the time they'll end up in standing medium kick into V trigger activation into like you're fine and you get a whole other chance because of V trigger and that's because I've studied that um, match and I studied that counter that's my best way out of the corner <laughs> and we need to give our, our listeners some context here Steven plays V trigger 2 with G yes uh, of all things and that's a crazy thing and you go okay well why why the hell we're talking about V trigger 1 being broken and amazing and he has taken one of the rough edges of G which is a very bad defense and Coupled it with a move that is very, very, very good with G standing medium kick, but you can't get anything off of it. You can't cancel it unless it's into V trigger. And then all of a sudden you can regain match control and you can do a bunch of stuff. And so Steven's G becomes deadly and very potent very early on in the matchup because of two bar V trigger. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge difference and a huge thing that he said, hey, look, yeah, I could take a broken V trigger or I can take something that's more calculated and thoughtful and you really have to watch out for it. And I've learned uh, with playing him a lot that I I have to respect the hell out of him the moment he has V-Trigger because I know that stand medium kick is coming out. And the good part is that move is very whiff punishable. Mm -hmm. And if I know it's coming, he dies. And so he's learned to, he loves to throw it out and just hit me with it. And I can't complain because I'm a freaking Monot player who does standing <laughs> medium punch into V-Trigger all day, which is like the best activate in the entire damn game. Oh, it's stupid. Very stupid good. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, um, I've learned to just stand out that side because I know it's coming. It's like he 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 cannot resist the urge to punch like standing medium kick. It has to come out at some point. And so if you just beat the crap out of him for doing that, like eventually he'll be more guarded about just kind of throwing it out. But yes, I felt that pain. He has hit me in the face with that about a hundred times before <laughs> I finally learned the lesson of damn it, I really have to dodge around it. And again, I think that speaks the volumes of of the choices that you can make in this game to make it more calculated and thoughtful. You are hardly ever seeing a G player use V-Trigger 2. You're seeing Gustavo and Smug experiment with it. They are looking at that as a very viable option. And Steven, uh, Dream King, has combos that rival V-Trigger 1 with stupid V-Trigger 2. And that is ridiculous. And I hate his guts for having that. But he does know that stuff. Yeah, and again, I can, just, I can yeah. actually uh, beat out V-Trigger 1 damage, like max damage combos into super with V-Trigger 2, you. which is the greatest thing yeah. ever because 
again, I, it's V Trigger one is so broken and powerful and blah 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 all this damage, and then I'm sitting over here with V Trigger two combos that are like 570 damage and stuff. So. Well, and you might have a situation similar to the one I talked about with Bison earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, where V Trigger one it has a lot of razzle dazzle to it, and there's a bunch of reasons to play it, but it's also like not as fun for especially for the defender. Mm-hmm. I don't have any issue with V Trigger two. I think it's good for those that don't know because I didn't really know V Trigger two until uh, <laughs> a lot I, of I people heard about it the first time yeah. they talked about it. Yeah. And then I did, but I didn't have any reason for it to register in my brain. So I know it now that Steven's been playing it, but it gives him access to like another kind of like rush punch, an up punch that does a lot of damage. It's usually a combo ender. And then it gives him like a second command grab that gives him a hit of armor. And if he gets you with that, it's like a, what is it, 400 it's, damage or something? I think it's like, like, that, yeah, 350. like 250 damage or 300. And then it's like 200 stun or something crazy. It's just this bulky. Yeah. So control. it's just this. He follows up with it too. That's yep. an important note. <laughs> yeah, and he gets okay. Yeah. So, um, but, but so no, and, and I definitely appreciate the nuance that comes with adding the other V trigger and giving it a second look. Uh, and and that's probably why I'm not as pissed off right now about V trigger one is because I haven't had to endure it as as much. But I, I also wanted to point out, and then while it's on my mind right here, I should bring it up because we're talking about Gustavo and Smug. Both those players very strong. Gustavo was playing Laura, um, and then and he didn't play as much last year. I think he was doing some other stuff, but. Both of them, you know, Smug had little pockets of success here and there with Balrog, um, especially in Season 3 when he was nerfed down. But man, both those guys, they pick up G and all of a sudden they're they're doing a considerable bit better than they were before right out of the gate. I think that also says something yeah, about Yeah, that, that wasn't right out of the gate. They've been playing this character for months mm-hmm. and months. Well, right out of the yeah, tournament but this Yeah, they've been practicing right now barely at the start of the CPT. And now this is when this character's coming into play. These these guys have been grinding with G for a long time because a lot of people slept on him. He wasn't really in the, the forefront of people's minds. You know, Smug has been streaming G for a long time, for a good, good while. And now... Well, I'm saying they bring it to tournament, and this is the first that we've been seeing them take G to tournament, right. and immediately they're already getting good yeah. results. Yeah, well, I mean, how many people really know how to fight the G matchup right now? Even Japan thinks that character's low tier, because it's like people yep. don't really know what to expect from this character. But given some time and some lab time, I mean, people are going to figure it out. And then, you know, like you said, look at look at John Takeuchi fighting Smug. He knew the counters right away. He knew how to stop it, and he did. Just to illustrate that, there was a ridiculous setup that um, G was doing where he was doing his uh, V-Skull orb in the air. Mm-hmm. And Takaguchi like, did some kind of eagle kick spike with Rashid that like perfectly... Uh, hit the the hurt box on it and i'm like holy crap like how did he how did he do that i've never seen that before um it was just this counter out of nowhere and i think he labbed it like the night before because he knew you know going into top eight he'd have to place off you know face off against a g player probably Mm -hmm. And, and it's just there are a lot of counters just sitting there um but yeah yep well, especially if you're Rashid, you gotta like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I and Stephen, you and I were talking about it yesterday. You said that Rashid counters G pretty hard, at least in a lot of instances. Yeah, because right? a lot of what G wants to do in neutral, uh, Rashid has these these long uh, moving uh, horizontal moving attacks that can just kind of shut him down. Uh, he can beat his fireballs. He can beat his uh, his V skill. He can beat power ups. Uh, so a lot of it is kind of waiting for Rashid to overextend, hopefully getting a hit, and then rushing him down uh in the Rashid matchup i actually uh i don't bother powering up until i can get uh, into the corner uh i kind of want to try to rush him down so i just forego 
powering up until until I get some corner uh, action going on. And then that's kind of when I start using the setups. But um, that's kind of how you have to play it because you're not doing that, you know, mid-screen. And I think even in that match with Smug and John, um, John Takaguchi, like uh, one of the first rounds ended because, or the first game ended because uh, they, they were both low on health. And then Smug, for some reason, did his speech. Uh, and which was just super punishable yeah. for Rashid. He just did the eagle spike mm. and got him. And everybody was kind of sitting like, why would you do that? Like, that's super punishable, has a ton of recovery. And But that's kind of a good example of what Rashid can do to G. Yeah. And also that John Takaguchi was ready for that. He had to mm-hmm. react and he was like, hey, do something stupid because you think I don't know the matchup. Yep. Boom, you're dead. Mm-hmm. And, and it killed him. And it was just like, everyone's like, why did you do that? And Smug did that because he's like, you don't know the matchup. And he's like, yes, I do. Exactly. <laughs> and, yep. and, and death. Yeah. So just to kind of to put a bow on this here a little bit, I, I personally feel like because my, my hate of Abigail is very well known. Right. And how I would have adjusted the character from the get-go changed dramatically to about the end of the season and how I, you know, thought he should have been adjusted because it was like pretty much obliterate the character from the get-go is how I felt. And then I really changed my mindset on that. I personally feel that G needs room to breathe. He hasn't really had a chance to shine yet. Um, and I'm completely against nerfing a character who's just starting to get that time in the spotlight. Because um, at, at that point, you might as well remove him from the game. Why have him in the game if you're going to just obliterate the character? And you r- run that risk of doing that when you don't really know what he is yet. And I don't think a lot of people do. Uh, I don't maybe know if anyone really knows what G is at, at yet. Japan has him as low tier. We're hearing you know rumors of a top 10 character, top 5. Maybe he's not even in top 10. Everyone's all over the map with him. And I I really think he needs a chance to just have an opportunity to to be more of what he is and that might mean we have a season where he's a little lopsided like "Ah, you know maybe this isn't such a good thing um but overall, I, I mean, I'm kind of more in the neutral ter- territory here where I agree with both sides um, that are talking about this. I, I feel like he's going to end up in an okay enough spot where he might have a bit too dumb of stuff that we've outlined here. Um, but I don't think he's going to be breaking the game to the point where, you know, Minot and Abigail and, and some of the characters in season three were, yes. were so oppressive to some of the cast members. I don't think he's going to be that bad. I agree. I think that he's not that issue that was forcing Capcom to consider an emergency 0.5 patch. I don't think that if, if G is our problem child, then it's not that big of a problem to have. Uh, and and, and I, like in my own experiences, myself, like I laid out just a few minutes ago, there were I've seen the process of learning the frame data, learning the intricacies, and it's like okay, you can kind of get good around this character's kind of anomaly, like anomaly situations where he's at a especially um, good situ or especially good advantage or or whatever. But um, and so yeah, like he's not like he's not breaking the game. It's it's okay. Uh, I just find that there are a lot of times where I leave after playing a G match. Uh, feeling crappy and if that's the case then I go well then maybe this is a place where we could start to dig to find where there might be some issues but again not as bad as a lot of the issues that we've seen before in Street Fighter 5 and not something that needs immediate attention it's fine if there's something that's a little goofy yeah I I had a similar experience with Bison for the longest time and uh, he you know Bison's offensive pressure and him him never stopping hitting buttons uh, was always a really big issue for me and, and even more so with G because of his defense and everything like that and whenever I would lose to Bison I would sit there and feel like man this is really crappy I hate this this is you know we should nerf him he's the best in the game blah blah blah. until I started digging into the counters and really analyzing the matchups and figuring out how to do it 
now I, th- I think John can probably attest to this, but the matches that I play against his Bison have shifted pretty radically. I'm not winning them consistently, but I have a lot more control in that match now, and I feel a lot better throughout that match because I understand, all right, this is what the character's trying to do. This is where I need to be. These are the situations I need to avoid. And just digging into that stuff uh, stuff and figuring it out really opened the door on it and changed my perspective because now, you know, as I said earlier today, I don't really think Bison needs to get nerfed that much or anything. I'm good with him staying the way he is. Before, if you would have talked to me a couple months ago, I would have said, get this character out of the damn game because he's ridiculous. But it's, that's kind of what I think it boils down to a G right now where it's on the surface, he looks really crazy, but put in some lab time, figure out his counters, and then it's all going to even out in the end eventually. Yeah, I can't wait to march up on you, man. Like now that I know that that's Dude, it's so hard. You know, it's so hard you. to deal with that, man. Well... Uh, uh, just so, just I mean, the counter to that though is G has really long limbs, you know, and and so he can control that space in front of him. Uh, if if you're worried about stuff and you're if you're you know turtled up, sure I can walk up, but you start sticking out that uh, that standing short or even sweep, which goes like half the screen, and I can't punish <laughs> from from max range. Uh, oh gosh. Yeah, I mean the um, thing about yeah, that like, though is I need to keep backing up to keep you at that range where I'm going to be throwing out standing heavy punch, and that's that's where the the key lies because you're backing me up, you're moving forward, and I'm constantly having to stay at that range where it makes sense to do that. And I have to respect Nikali's normals because his medium punches and you know heavy kick and all of that they can beat out G at the right ranges. So I'm constantly like backing up, trying to stay at the right range, and hoping to God that you don't jump on me. And that's kind of what it is. This intricate analysis. You're talking to an Akali <laughs> player, man. We're just devouring life bars. We don't think about, we don't see, oh, I got some space. That's a little mini victory. We're not thinking yes. on that level. We're thinking about, I want to win this match and go have a grilled cheese. Yep. You know, like that's that's the level of thought yeah. that's going on here. No, but um, uh, to also kind of put a bow on this, we talk a lot about the failures of these games, specifically Street Fighter V in balance and what we want to have changed and we're doing that now to to a smaller extent than I think we have in the past. But I do also want to acknowledge that the the you know we're just talking about stuff that like hey you know if if we were to continue to tidy things up this is like the the coat of this is like the the extra express like fancy coat of wax that you put on at the car wash when you want to splurge and spend ten dollars instead of seven right but it's like we don't need it and it's fine if it doesn't happen and i'd like to take my big old top hat off to capcom for making a pretty damn well balanced game and you know give your give credit where credit's due I'm I'm having a pretty good time playing Street Fighter Five. Uh, it's it's not my favorite, but I think that it's it's gotten they've they've had a lot of successes, and especially in recent times, we've been really preoccupied with the lack of communication. That's its own thing. But man, the game's at a pretty good place right now, and so thank you, Capcom, whoever's you know all the all the team that's responsible for that. You've made a pretty good yes, game, so thank you. Yeah, so that's a, that's a good point to end on, but I, I will just back up here a little bit and say that if you, you back up the conversation about 30 minutes ago and, and hear Steven and John going at it and both guys kind of you know <laughs> getting each other and stuff, this is some of the most entertaining stuff that no one sees except for like, you know, the Event Hub's team here. And when these guys go in to play matches like any of us, like, like we could stream this, it would be bigger than the Capcom Pro Tour. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, right? yeah. there's, so. there's so much at stake. There is so much 
it's like reputations are on the line. People are all pissed off. And it's like you, you, you just want to see like what happens and what goes down. And I've always told these guys, I'm like, hey, if you're going to play, like make sure you text me so I know. Like sometimes I can jump on and watch. Sometimes I can't. But like I want to clear out my entire schedule just to watch them play. And, and they've had matches that came down to like last round, last thing, like first to five. And like someone does an overhead and wins. And it, <laughs> it was yeah. ridiculous. That damn throw. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's ridiculous and then like the loaded statements that come afterwards like yeah well I hope you're happy with your games and all that it's just like the awkwardness of oh it's it's gold it is so it's just complete gold out there I love how you'll just do anything like that's so bold <laughs> <laughs> It's very mean girls around here after this match is in. <laughs> All right, y'all. That's going to wrap us up for this episode of the Vet Hubs podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and going uh, through all this stuff with us. It's very much like how stuff works around here. We're talking through every option, trying to, to work it out for ourselves, and then relay that to our, our listeners and readers out there and try to get better. Uh, so hopefully you enjoy that process as well. And that is all for us this week. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for listening. See you later.